0: Hello, I'm Stephen Fry, and today's work in is all about intelligence.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Brain Care Podcast, a practical and impactful series of snappy episodes on how to optimize your mental health and performance so you can reach your full potential. My name is Dan Murray-Surter, and I'm the co-founder at Heights. We make smart supplements and clever content with the world's leading experts to help you take care of your brain so it can take care of you. Today, we're joined by Mr. Stephen Fry once again, who's going to blow our minds with his thoughts on intelligence. So the definition of intelligence is the ability to acquire, understand and use knowledge. Now, given that you're broadly considered to be one of the most intelligent men in the country, how do you think you fare with that definition?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to have to query the definition. It's a definition. I think a lot of people have the ability to. The the question is whether there's the will and the energy to do it, the drive to do it, the uh, concentration to do it. Sometimes I wonder really if intelligence isn't a bit like what Sherlock Holmes said about genius, you know, an infinite capacity for. Taking pains, it's it's the effort of it. I I often feel I've um, just sort of spunked my intelligence up against the wall to some extent. I think I am quite gifted, in, you know, in terms of the important, useful attributes that are subsets of intelligence. Memory key, uh, absolutely key to that, uh, because I have a good memory and. Really pattern recognition, isn't it, and uh, the, the ability to see things inside other things, which is why language is always such a clue as to the real meaning of words, because you can give a dictionary definition, but it's the derivation interlegere, to read into is what intelligence, intellect means. So there's a poetic intelligence which reads the history of uh, human desire in the fall of an acorn from a tree or the, the, the brush of a wing of a butterfly. That's seeing into things. So the great thing about the language, the word intelligence is it doesn't need division into cognitive, mathematical, intellectual intelligence, which is a bit of a tautology. It's all about that seeing into. I think. And to see into, you've got to look into. So first of all, you need the curiosity, the drive, because the difference between seeing and looking is like hearing and listening, isn't it? You can, you can see all kinds of things, but you don't notice them, but you've also got to move your head towards them. You've got to be interested. And I think one of the tragedies of much of life is how many of us are really all as intelligent as each other, but some people just don't have the drive to find out. They've either been made afraid by education that has made them feel left out, that that somehow certain words, phrases, references, they've decided they, they can't catch up with. Just as I, you know, I feel like that, a bit like that with music. I can pick out single notes with my fingers on the piano and build them into a chord, but I can't sight read. And I decided well, 40 years ago that it was too late. Which is nonsense. It's never too late, but but you make that decision. So a lot of it is to do with will. I think Daniel, would you would you agree with that?
1: I think you're certainly right in terms of the the intention and the desire needs to be there. But I think it, you know a lot of what you just said was also true in, um, in in circumstance and upbringing. There is definitely an interesting class divide when it comes to intelligence, which is essentially uh, a lottery of where you can be born that doesn't take away, obviously, anyone's uh, natural drive to change those things. But I guess it can also be considered, at least as part of the debate.
0: Yes, I mean, that, that's a very, very, uh, very huge subject, isn't it? I mean, I think the actual intelligence and capacity and capability of all humans is more or less the same without a deficit at birth or trauma, we can all walk and we can all run, but obviously some people are going to be able to run faster than others. And that can be to do with training and it can be do, to do with, with just innate physical ability uh, that they've somehow been born with. And the same slightly with the mind, isn't it? I mean, given you don't have a deficit of cognition in, in in terms of speech and understanding and so on. Uh, Everybody is within the same band, but there'll always be, some people are a bit faster and some people are a bit slower. On top of that, as you say, there is upbringing. There's how much your parents read and how much they read to you and all kinds of things which which are terrifying. But again, they tend to reinforce this idea that things are too late because you'll read, oh, having your mother read to you when you were three is a sign that you are likely to get a bit more A's at A level than if she didn't. Well, if your mother didn't read to you and you come across this statistic, you're going to go, oh, well, what's the point then? I give up. And that's nonsense because none of these things is defining. One of the most important things is the fact, again, oddly enough that Sherlock Holmes pointed out in the very second Sherlock Holmes story, which is called A Sign of Four, that while you cannot predict what a single person will do, you can predict with an astonishing amount of precision what an average number of people will do. And that's more shocking really than than most people would perhaps think it's the basis of all behavioral science. In this crisis, we're all aware that there are virologists and epidemiologists who have the ear of government. And when government says we're following the science, we all think, oh, well, they're following virologists and epidemiologists. But sitting in on those SAGE meetings and COBRA meetings and subcommittees are dozens of behavioral scientists who can model... Our behavior, in the same way as an epidemiologist, models the course of the disease, you know, with these famous peaks and so on. And that's, of course, why Chris Whitty and Patrick Vallance, the the, the chief medical officer and uh, chief scientific officer, why they said we didn't bring in the lockdown until the date we did because we wanted the peak to coincide with the population still putting up with it. Because they're aware that we will stop putting up with it, (laughs) that we'll become more and more lax about it, more cross about it, more upset, more unhappy, and that will affect our health, in our mental health and our physical health. And you can't say that of any individual, but you can say it of the average of humanity. So when you talk about this is what makes people intelligent, this makes it. But you, this person listening, you're different. Every one of us is an individual, even though as an average, we can be plotted and predicted. And that's a strange paradox about human behavior, but I think a very important one to bear in mind, whether you're talking about something as loaded as intelligence or something as urgent as this particular crisis.
1: interesting because the example you give kind of plays nicely into eq emotional um intelligence realistically that's part of what that that is modeling right which is our our capacity uh, for the patience and understanding as a society to do these things.
0: Yes, I suppose it is. I mean, these things leach into other words like wisdom. Um, you know, we're, we're fully aware of the difference between intelligence and wisdom. Though it's quite hard to pin down. At, at a sentimental level, one can say that you can go into the, a developing country and see an old person who may not be able to read or write, has no knowledge of the abstract intellectual things that make an intellectual, but you can watch them behave and say, this person has extraordinary wisdom. And I sometimes wonder what the point of intelligence is when wisdom is so much more handier thing. The best definition of wisdom I ever came across was a man called Michael Ramsey who became Archbishop of Canterbury. And he had huge white eyebrows. And uh, when I was a boy in the sixties, I just saw him being interviewed by someone like Malcolm Muggeridge. And they said, your grace, um, you are accounted by all who know you to be a very wise man. And to look at you, one can say that you look wise. And Michael Ramsey said, am I, am I wise? I wonder, I wonder if I'm wise, am I wise? And the interviewer said, well, what would your grace say is a definition of wisdom? He said, oh, wisdom. I think wisdom is the ability to cope And that's always stayed with me. Not knowing is the greatest privilege of intelligence because if you're intelligent, you have the confidence to know the limits of your knowledge. and you don't have to prove to anyone else, I know this, I know that. You're you actually much happier to say, I don't know this. I am completely ignorant about this branch of philosophy or this branch of science and mathematics. I only vaguely know it as a, as an idea. I'd love to know more about it. And you define yourself by the limits of your knowledge, and you're happy to do so. But people who are less sure are less likely. And that leads one to things like the Dunning Kruger effect, which is so much talked about these days. This, you know, the fact that the least competent have the highest view of their own competence, naming no trumps. And it's all very well to be this kind of this unsure sort of intellectual who says, well, we don't know, do we? And look at Bernard Russell and all these great heroes and how they don't have any answers. And it's tweedy and it's comforting. But unfortunately, we live in a, a, at a time, even this particular crisis aside, when people want answers. And so they they veer between two extremes, between absolute materialism in science and an absolute immaterialism and spirituality and religion and it's quite difficult to be in the middle
1: thank you so much for listening to this episode of the brain care podcast don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and follow us at your heights on instagram and twitter for daily doses of brain care if you want to know more about how well you're feeding your brain, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain food to get your free score from 1 to 100 and start taking action from there. See you next week.